We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Math Step Back Live. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, the the Mavs yesterday against the Pistons, when, when it came out, I think it was about an hour or so before the game, that uh, Luka wasn't playing, there was just like this sense of dread because <laughs> every time... Well, not every time, but you know, before that game, the Mavs were one and four this season without Luca, and you know, it's just it's it's one of those things where this roster 
they're really not built to just get by uh, when, when Luca sits. But in the case of uh, playing the Pistons yesterday, who, in my opinion, you know, that's the worst team in the league. I know they're technically not the worst team record-wise. Uh, I think maybe the Wolves are worse than them. But honestly, that that's the worst team in the league if you're just looking at their roster. Um, and they made it way too hard on themselves, even without Luka. But, I mean, you knew it was going to be a struggle uh, when they said he was going to sit. But Tim Hardaway Jr. went off for a career-high 42 points. He went 6 of 10 from 3, 13 of 23 from the field overall. Uh, career night, and to nobody's surprise, Tim Hardaway Sr. was in attendance for that one. Every time his dad is in attendance, uh, he seems to just show out. He loves he loves showing out for his dad, and I can't blame him. So uh, he, he, completely, he completely saved uh, Mav's Twitter from just going off the rails <laughs> last night. Uh, what, what's your initial takeaways from Mavs Pistons and Tim Hardaway saving the day? Well, we need to pay Tim Hardaway Sr., first of all. <laughs> yeah, um, get him on the get him on the staff right but i mean my, my other observation is poor dennis yeah like that yeah. guy has just been on bad team after bad team after bad team and hasn't had an opportunity to like to play for a successful franchise in the nba and you just you kind of start to wonder like if he was in a good environment and he was with a successful team how you know Maybe he could be a little bit more successful. Well, he's he's had some injury issues too because, uh, you know, as you know, Matt, we, uh, me and Dennis, we still talk every now and then. You know, he was one of the guys I had really gotten uh, close to. Uh, just, you know, we had a really good professional relationship, you know, media player-wise <clears throat> when he was in Dallas, and I hated to see him go. But uh, I remember before that first Mavs-Pistons game, uh, I, I sent him a text and I was like, Hey, I see that it says you're uh well, he was questionable at first and they made him doubtful. But when he was questionable, I was like, Hey, you, you think you're going to be able to play? And he sent me back a picture of two tubes. I think I sent it to you. It was like two full Good. tubes of fluid that they had drained out of his knee or out of his ACL. And, uh, I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> that's horrible. Uh, so he, he's having some injury issues and, uh, it, it, uh, like you said, he hasn't been in a good situation, uh, the last, uh, the last two stops he's had. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best for Dennis going forward. I wouldn't mind at all having him on the team, uh, you know, like an end of the roster type of situation going forward if, if that opportunity presents itself, but, uh, but yeah, great. overall, just a, a good uh, save for Tim Hardaway Jr. and for the Mavs. And uh, Christian, I'm going to bring you up here and get your thoughts on the game. Yeah, I mean, Tim definitely saved us. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we definitely need to bring his dad on staff, like was said, because um, it, it literally is every time it's astounding how every great game he has a really good game uh he's there but i i think one of the things that i wanted coming out of the game was timmy and brunson to get back in form 
and for KP to be healthy and get in form. Um, only one of those things happened, but I do think it's really important uh, that we that Tim did get out of the slump because you know if we like it or not, he's so important to the team. Um, but my God, like I know our team without Luca's bad, but they sat like all their starters. So that's basically like a G League roster. <laughs> it's yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it, that, that, that's what was really bad about it. It's like it's not. It's not just that the you know it's the Pistons who are already like I said. I, I think they're the worst team in the league just as they are. Uh, but they didn't play uh, uh, Grant, Jeremy Grant. They didn't play uh, Wayne Ellington. Uh, they, they, I mean, pretty much all their start, their main starters, they, they did not play. <laughs> so, like you said, it, it was basically a, a G League team out there. And if it wasn't for Tim Hardaway Jr. having a career night, just would have been a devastating, devastating loss for the Mavs, especially given the, uh, you know, the situation in the standings now because, uh, the Mavs, they're only one game behind the Lakers now for the, uh, fifth seed. Uh, they're up a full game on the Portland Trailblazers, but really, uh, let me see. I really only consider that a half game because if the Mavs lose another game, they're going to have the same amount of losses as the Blazers and the Blazers own the tiebreaker, uh, with the Mavs. But if it becomes, if, if I have to look up the specifics, but I know if there is a multi team, uh, like more than two that have a tiebreaker, then I think the Mavs would still get in over the Blazers just because they own every other tiebreaker aside from the Blazers. <laughs> so, so confusing, man. Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's a lot going on there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Brunson, he wasn't great, uh, at least to start out. He finished strong, though. Had 13 points, six rebounds, four assists. Uh Josh Richardson, yeah, he hit two of his three three pointers, but he couldn't hit anything else. He missed literally everything else <laughs> from the field in that game. Um, Trey Burke, uh, he's hit a little hot streak here now. Uh, he had another good game, fifteen points, five of eight from the field. So, uh, getting some of these guys, you know, ready for the playoffs, and you know, Burke, he might not get a lot of run. Uh, in the postseason, you know, especially if, if Luca and KP are playing and they, they go with their main rotation. But you never know. I mean, Rick Carlisle, he, uh, we talked about it the other day. He, he sh- uh, shook things up and put Burke in the starting lineup, and it provided a spark. Uh, he played excellent defense against uh, Steph Curry. Uh, so you never know. Uh, it's good to see some of these guys start to get in a groove. And uh, like I said, it, I'm not going to say it was a good win over the Pistons because it it really wasn't. Uh, They were horrible for the majority of that game, and then they they finally pulled it out in the end. But it was an excellent Tim Hardaway Jr. game. I'll say that. He he completely saved the Mavs. And he's done that a couple of times this year. Uh, The Mavs are 4-1 when Tim Hardaway Jr. scores at least – and let's see – the only loss was when Luca didn't play, and they played the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> they lost by nine. So you kind of cut he's out been really during that, during that stat. Can you read it one more time? Well, yeah, the Mavs are four and one when Tim Hardaway Jr. scores at least twenty nine points. Well, 
there we go. Yeah, if he if he is on, if he starts out hot and he's you know making threes like he was last night, and it's it's that way from the very beginning. Typically, things end up going really well for the Mavs from that point forward. So, uh, so we're past the Pistons game. Now they will play the Washington Wizards uh, tomorrow, and they play tonight too. So the the Wizards will be on the second night of a back to back. But, you know, that's not going to be an easy game at all because the Wizards are hot. Uh, they've won 11 of their last 14, I believe. I, I think that's what Bobby Corrala tweeted out earlier. Uh, so th- they've got it rolling. Uh, they've come back from the dead in the Eastern standings, you know, so they're in the play-in uh, position now, knocking out the Bulls. Uh, and it looks like they're going to hold on to it. But uh, it's a big game. Big game. Uh, I know they're not uh, – nobody should actually fear the Wizards, but when you have the – you know, one of the top scorers in the league in Bradley Beal and you have a guy like Russell Westbrook who holds a grudge against the Mavs because Mark Cuban said he wasn't a superstar, uh, there's always a chance for things to uh, to go haywire. <laughs> Can you imagine how much you would age as a human being if you carried around the grudges and the, the chip on your shoulder – like Russell Westbrook does. It, I mean, it, it's a lot. I thought I thought you were about to say if you had to carry around the grudges held against you when it comes to the maps. <laughs> no, I mean, man, it's well that too. I mean, that's that's because of Mark Cuban. But I mean, Russell is so angry at everyone all the time. Like, y'all remember that reporter in uh, in Oklahoma City who he just wouldn't answer questions for for however many years. I mean, how do you stay that mad at somebody? That's just part of who he is, man. That's part of that rare, never-ending motor, high-energy high type player. I mean, you almost have to be like that to uh, to be like he was. I think he averaged a triple-double for two or three straight seasons. Yeah. I mean, you have to have that type of fire to do something like that. So, uh, But, yeah, he, he, uh, he didn't have a good game the last time the Wizards and Mavs played. Uh, but Bradley Beal didn't play in that one either. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes in that one. But then the Mavs turn right back around after that one and play the Kings, who have just had the Mavs number all season long for whatever reason. They just And that's the same Kings team that didn't have De'Aaron Fox and lost by 50 to Utah the other day. Uh, <laughs> the Mavs just can't seem to beat them. So, I, I would expect them to take that one personally. And uh, if they don't come out with a fire in that one, there's just there's something wrong with with their mentality because after you've gotten your butt kicked by that team twice now uh, in the last two weeks, I would hope that they show some pride there. So, there's no uh, excuse to ever lose to the Kings, especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, look, every game is crucial now because the Mavs they're in a position they don't have a lot of cushion. Uh, but they're in a position to where they they control their own destiny now. So if they, if they keep winning, uh, especially these games that they need to, and if the the Trailblazers and the Lakers slip up a little bit here and there, uh, they they've pretty much got it in the bag if they take care of their own business. So uh, that, that that's a good feeling to have. Could you imagine if we look at the end of the season and we're in the playoff uh, play in tournament by one? game and we're like yeah we got swept by the kings in the regular (laughs) 
that that seems to be a, a, a thing. Well, maybe not swept by a really bad team, but you know, it was the same sort of situation last year with the Mavs too. You know, they'd get up for the big games and uh, they had a lot of quality wins, but they also had a lot of really bad losses too. Uh, and that that's what's happened this year too. And look, I I get it. I know that that uh, you you can't beat all the bad teams, but when you're when when you have such a discrepancy in your quality wins and your <laughs> your really bad losses, uh, you know that, that that's that's alarming to say the least. So, because I I mean, look, you look at the uh, Utah Jazz; they've lost to the Timberwolves all year this year for for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's just a bad matchup or maybe the wolves just hate utah a bad city as dirt calls it so I mean, well, uh i don't know what the deal is there but the the difference is the utah jazz are you know one of the best teams in the we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed league and they can afford to have those slip-ups every now and then where the Mavs they really can't afford it it's, it's too tight especially uh with how tragic uh January was with all the COVID stuff so uh but we'll see I mean it's it's getting tight there's only 10 games left now and I mean the Blazers I don't know if you guys have actually gone and looked at the Blazers remaining schedule but oh my gosh it's uh it's it's brutal like, I would be surprised if, you know, they were able to go 500 over their last stretch of games because it's just it's, it's incredibly hard for the Blazers. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Uh, I'm going to bring Xavier up now, friend of the show. Xavier, how's it going, man? going on, Dalton? Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about our team, and honestly, 
and look, let me start by saying I love Luca. He's my favorite player. So any constructive criticism I make of him is not to not to shoot him down. But I think our team is a reflection of our best player being 21 years old. He's temperamental. And so when you when your best player is temperamental and is liable to have mood swings, when things are going great, he's smiling and he's playing with exuberance and energy. But when things are down, he's pouting. His body language is terrible. He's willing to look at teammates crazy if they, you know, if they messed up or they missed an open shot. Or and Lord knows we already know how you know just breath. So when when you have a temperamental leader, you're going to have a temperamental team, and so that's why the Mavs are front runners, you know. And it's just look, if Luca's not out there, who's rallying the troops and the in the huddle. I mean, we don't have anybody capable of rallying the troops and saying, you know what? Luca doesn't have it today. Guys, let's get on my back. Now, last night that was Timmy, and thank God for Timmy. But overall, on a, on a night-to-night basis, we just don't have anybody. You know, it should be KP, but he's clearly shown that that's just not how he's built. So, unfortunately, you know, I, I, I can't really say, well, you know, we played down to the Pistons. Look, without Luca. What we have is a bunch of rotational guys where most of our most of our players, most of our key players would ideally be, you know, sixth or seventh men on a really good basketball team. But with us, because we don't we lack talent, unfortunately they are third, fourth, fifth best players and they're not equipped to handle that. They're not equipped to take on that low night tonight. And so you're gonna have nights against the Kings where you get your ass kicked and you're gonna have nights without Luca where you struggle to beat a team like the Pistons because we just don't have, you know, we, we just don't have anybody to step up in those key situations. And when faced with that, I'm just happy that, you know, most of the times whenever we get punched in the mouth, you know, we, we, we curl up. And so I'm thankful that, you know, we got punched in the mouth a little bit last night. The Pistons hung around and I'm thankful that we, we at least play hard enough and were able to pull it out. But honestly, it's going to take Luca to really mature over the next couple seasons and for us to get some more veteran talent in the locker room for us to really show the type of consistency that we want as fans. Because that's what drives us all nuts. It's just the inconsistency from night to night. But your best player is 21 and Moody. So what do you expect from a team like that? You know, but that's yeah. much, that's all I Yeah, I appreciate it, Xavier. Good stuff as always. And look, I mean, a lot of that with Luca, it, it, it is just going to come with age because – I mean, we, we just, we forget how young he is just because of how amazing he's been these last couple of years or, you know, just since he's been drafted altogether. But, you know, he came from Real Madrid, uh, you know, Euro, Euro League basketball, especially with Real Madrid. I mean, that, that is a passionate game over there. I mean, there's a lot of passion in it, a lot of emotion. Uh, but you know who helped, uh, uh, against the uh I'm sorry you know who helped reel in some of that emotion that Luca had when he was playing over there Goran Dragic and that's not real Madrid that's with the Slovenian national team but when he had him as a teammate over there he he really helped him uh you know keep his head uh cooled off you know during games and stuff and that's one reason why uh especially Matt I mean I I was sad too, but Matt, he was devastated. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me right now? I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, Matt, but you know, when, when the Mavs had a chance, you know, Miami was basically giving them Goran Dragic on a silver platter. Uh, and the Mavs, they instead wanted, uh, Derek Jones Jr. and K 
Kelly Olenek, and so the trade fell through. But in in my opinion, looking back, I in uh, Mark Cuban he denied it when we had him on the pod uh, about month or so ago it was before the trade deadline but we asked him about that you know like what happened why did that trade you know fall apart and he just said it was a miscommunication and he didn't say anything about you know why they didn't want Drogic but I I 100% think if they went back and had to do that again uh they would they would make a different decision because that was just I, I can't believe they didn't do that trade, especially when you consider what they did with the the cap space after they failed uh, to get Danny Green. <laughs> so I don't know. That's a guy who is uh, who's going to be a free agent this summer too, and I know he's getting up there in age, but and he's got his injury concerns. But I think if you had a guy like him and maybe uh, had him take the Trey Burke role, then you know you might have something have something there and he could help Luca kind of rein in his emotions a little bit more. Uh, he's like a big brother figure to him. And I, I think it would help a lot. But you don't, but he'd have to come in at extreme discount. And I yeah. mean, you want to burn the one shot that you have at a, you know, at a, at a major free agent on Dragic. Look, I love him. I think. No, he's, no, he's no. But he, there's no way he's going to come for the money that we should offer him when Miami could just pick up his team option um, next season. So I I think. Yeah. And I mean, depending on what Miami has, you know, they have, uh, you know, there's been rumors about them wanting to uh, sign Kyle Lowry this off season. So if that happens, then they're, they're I highly doubt they're going to pick up that team option on, on Drogic. So, uh, or maybe they get in a sign and trade situation. I, I would hope not. I don't think Drogic would want to go to uh, to Toronto. But uh, you know, I think I, I would be okay giving Drogic, uh, you know, the MLE or part of the MLE uh, if it came down to it. And I do think his relationship with Luca could influence, uh, you know, what he the amount of money he signs for because I mean he's made bank over the last couple seasons. <laughs> And through throughout his career, so I, I, I think that would have you know some influence on him potentially coming to Dallas. But like you said, Xavier, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't break the bank for Drogic at all. Not at this point in his career, he'd have to come for pretty much five mil because we're, we're right. operating cap. We wouldn't even have the full mid level. We just had the room exception, which is about four point seven or something like that. No, if he right. wants to come four point seven million, I will take him and let's sign him for two three years. Injury concerns be damned at that price, but you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully, his relationship with Luca, you know, yeah. And I mean, look, there, there's some bigger, uh, there's some bigger fish to fry, so to speak. I hate using the term big fish because there's really not, you know, the free agency pool, there's not a lot of star power in it this offseason, but there's still a lot of high quality uh, players who I would be okay with the Mavs overpaying, even though they're not stars. Uh, you know, to make this team better. I mean, I mean, th- they better do that. <laughs> they better not be a repeat of 2019, or there's going to be a lot of mad people on here. Um, uh, so that, they, even if it's not a start, and I've seen people, you know, clap back on DeRozan, uh, because you know he's not uh, the the defensive data over the last you know three four years, whatever it is, hasn't been good. But I mean, come on, he's been the number one option everywhere he's been. He would be the third, 
possibly the second option because KP hasn't been great. We're going to get to that here in a second. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of options that need to come first. But, you know, if it came down to it, and like you said, you could get Drogic for the vet minimum or even that, that $4.7 million, uh exception, that would be that would be great. Brian, I see you're in the room here. What you got? Hey, gentlemen. First off, uh, happy Friday, and uh, I'd like to yes, start sir. off uh, the program by saying hashtag free Matt's Twitter. Let's uh, get that petition going. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, someone cares. <laughs> I, I care, Matt. It's like what a beating to go through, like have everything established and then have to start over. I, that sucks. I wish I don't even wish that upon my like worst enemies. Not that I have a lot, but that's uh, that sucks. But uh, yeah, are y'all ready to talk doom and gloom here with the uh, KP? I, I I know that's where you were transitioning. Yeah, that 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 was where I was going. <laughs> and <laughs> oh my goodness! It's, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's one of those things where you know we thought we were doing good. KP, he was you know he went through a string of games where it seemed like he was getting healthier and healthier, and then. He had that ankle roll that kept him out a couple of games, and then he came back for this one, and you're thinking, okay, well, uh, the ankle thing wasn't a really big concern, and then he leaves that game with knee soreness, and that's the the, the term knee soreness just absolutely fills me with dread because we've seen it before, not just with KP, but with, with Chandler Parsons, and, you know, other guys where it's turned into something more than just knee soreness. And it just scares me, Brian. I, <laughs> I hope I hope he's going to be okay for the playoffs. I, and that's just it, – it's horrible foreshadowing because it just – we have PTSD at this point based on everything. I, I, I don't want to, like, obviously uh, present a lot of serious – like, I, I think there's a lot of bigger questions that can a- be asked after the off season, but – what, what do you guys think the play is here? Do you just uh, send him out the rest of the season and just hope he's ready? We get bubble KP back in the playoffs. Matt, what uh, do you think? Well, no, I don't want to do that. <clears throat> I, I think that I, I understand the reasoning behind that um, on paper. You know, you want him to be healthy and all that stuff, but I don't, given the way it's, it's, it's taking KP like how long it's taken him to get back into the rhythm of things when, um, when he sat out for an extended period of time. I don't have very much faith that he'd be able to come in in the playoffs and just automatically turn it on. I don't know why I just snapped him on a podcast, but um, he, he doesn't. <clears throat> I don't think he. I don't think he can do that. It's it's a big risk in my opinion. It's it's something that. Um, it's a calculated risk. I mean, you know, nobody knows his players better than Rick Carlisle, but you know, show me the evidence of, of where he can he can come in and, and just turn it on like that after sitting out because I haven't seen it. Sorry to laugh in the middle of your thing there, but Xavier put in the, the chat here, he said put KP in rice until the playoffs start. <laughs> just put him in rice and uh maybe he'll be fixed by then. But I mean look, I I'm kind of of the opinion that they should rest him. I mean, just sit him for like the next, if there's nothing more, you know, serious about it. I hate it when Rick Carlisle after games, like, I don't know if y'all saw those quotes he gave on, you know, when they asked him about KP's knee, it's not, I mean, he didn't say anything bad. He said he didn't think it was serious, but 
just like the way he worded his answer just makes you think <laughs> there might be a little bit more to it. And I hope there's not. Maybe that's just me being a, a galaxy brain uh, person. Well, but Sorry to interrupt, but I, I think part of it, the way Rick Carlisle answers these injury questions is just because he's tired of answering I mean, yeah, but it, that's part of the job, though. I mean, I get it, but it, it, I'm not. I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm just. I'm giving him a re, like his reasoning, and I, I think it's. I think it's a poor. A, it would be a poor reason to answer that way. I, but he's he's obviously tired of answering questions about KP. He's tired of answering questions about everybody else. And uh, I mean, look, if it if the Mavs <laughs> if the Mavs didn't have a track record of stuff where they're super vague over injuries and then it ends up turning into something more serious, then I wouldn't worry about it as much. But, you know, the I, like I remember just randomly, you know, Seth Curry's first stint with the Mavs. You remember when they kept reporting uh, it was like lower leg soreness or shin soreness or something for like two very, straight months? Very vague and generic because we all thought, okay, like what is actually wrong here or something. Right. And then eventually they were like, oh, well, he has a hairline fracture or whatever it was, and he had to have surgery. (laughs) So they were like, did did they know this for like two months and they were just hoping it healed? Yeah. (laughs) Like what's the point in in keeping a guy out for two months and and not calling it what it is? Like that's the kind of stuff about their injury management that bothers me is – yeah, and if I mean, look, if it's a serious injury, just tell us. It's not like it's going to give another team an advantage. He's he's sitting out of the game. And anyway. I get, and I get that Rick is tired of answering the questions, but I mean, he shouldn't be mad at the media for asking it. He, he I mean, no, it's their job. I don't know who he needs to be at. <laughs> it's my job but, to I ask mean, you what's going on. But Matt, don't you think it's a lose lose answering that question? Because look at the way the relationship between. Kawhi and the Spurs deteriorated because they pretty much the way they answered the questions was like, well, they didn't think it was that serious. So then they created tension between Kawhi and his teammates. So they're like, well, why aren't you playing? Because according <laughs> to saying you should be able to come play. He's like, look, I don't feel right. So I think being Vegas, just being respectful towards the player and being like, hey, yeah. look. You can talk to as many doctors, but ultimately, you know your body better than anyone else does. So unless it's the player really being transparent about how they feel, at that point, it's just it's just a guess. And if you say the wrong thing, it can blow up. It can put pressure on the player. So you know what? It's a lose-lose. Let's be vague and let's, you know, when he's ready to come back. Because, you know, and a lot of times with players, it could be a situation to where maybe the they should have the doctor may be recommending surgery, but they prefer to rest in rehab. And so if there's a disagreement between what the proper procedure is for how to treat the injury, again, you paint yourself into a corner if you're too transparent, if it you know, if it if it goes if it's counter to whatever the player and their team um feel like they want to handle that situation. So that's probably why they just you know what, I don't want to answer it. I don't gain anything by it. So I'll just shut up and, you know, let the player talk about it. Yeah, and I mean, and, and look, that there. Let's be honest. There wouldn't be near as much drama if it was any other player than KP, given his given his injury history. But because it's KP, and because he's had so many knee issues and just overall injury issues over his career, that's why it gets you know it, it freaks everybody out. I I completely understand because I <laughs> I felt. That's how I felt last night. I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. Uh, yeah. But, 
you know, I, I'm okay with them resting KP. If it's nothing serious, just let him rest for like maybe half of these remaining games and, and get him in there for a couple at the end just to kind of get him back in a rhythm before the playoffs. Because, I mean, honestly, Matt, you talked about how long it takes to get him back in a in a groove uh, when he rests. But, I mean, if they avoid the play-in, they're going to have like a full week off uh, before they, they play in the playoffs anyway. So uh, he's going to have a, a bunch of time off regardless. Uh, everybody is. So I, I would rather them just, you know, play it safe. Honestly, if KP is, is hampering, uh, you know, if he has some kind of hampering injury that he's dealing with, it's probably a plus if they don't play him right now because the defense plays so much better when he's out. You know, because he's – and that's not saying he doesn't have the ability to be a great defender. He's shown flashes of that this year uh, when he gives maximum effort. But, you know, if he's if he's hurting out there and he can't move laterally, he's hurting the defense. And we've seen it on multiple occasions. You know, KP will sit and the defense automatically looks ten times better because of it. Uh, so I, I think it would be a win-win just to sit him uh, right now, let him get right with that. And when it comes playoff time, you know, that mental thing of holding back should be gone because I think that's what the main issue has been for him throughout this season on the defensive end. He's thinking, okay, I do not want to have my season end before I get to the playoffs. Yeah, I know. No, I was just going to say I I don't disagree, Dalton. I just – given – just his history is what concerns me. I know there's – I think there's a difference between a week – and I think there's a difference between multiple weeks, um, three weeks. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, that's my concern. Um, and Xavier, just going back on your point, I, I, I don't have a problem with them being vague from time to time. That's not what I'm trying to say. What, I, what I'm complaining about mostly is Rick's attitude towards the media when they ask him injury questions. That's my biggest P with. Yeah. Him, right. Because he, he's getting mad at media for doing his, for doing their job. And, if, if you're holding out a star player, they're going to ask. They're just going to. That's that's what they get paid to do. And the way he just kind of brushes it off and, and acts all, you know, high and mighty about it or whatever you want to call well, it. Well, see, yeah, see, that's the thing. I mean, you, there, you can brush it off without, you know, without coming off as, you know, I'm mad at you for asking this. I, I get exactly. what you're saying there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to give a direct answer, just maybe – just maybe do it a little bit more respectfully to who asked it. But, uh, Christian, you had something you wanted to chime in there with. Yeah, just real quick. I When I was talking with Kirk last night, because uh, I brought this up, but he mentioned, I don't know if anyone can confirm it, that when KP was asked, you know, why he couldn't return to the game or, you know, what's up with the injury, he said that he could have and he doesn't know why he didn't go back in the game. So I don't know if any of you heard that as well, because um, that just seemed a little bit confusing to me when I initially heard that. That is kind of – here's the thing. KP had one rebound last night. <laughs> he, he only had one rebound. Uh, he was getting completely abused uh, on defense. Uh, he, he just wasn't – he wasn't a plus when he was out there. He I had to look at the plus box minus, but I would be willing to guarantee he was either the worst in that category or close to it uh, based on what I saw 
on the uh, on the court. And Xavier mentioned in the chat here, the man refuses to box out. He, I mean, it's the truth. I mean, he just he he doesn't do it. So they, I don't know. That's why you come into uh, the conversation about well, does he really have knee soreness, or is that just a way to kind of you know hide the fact that maybe Rick just benched him because he wasn't helping the team last night. And I think that's a fair argument to have. Um, now, I don't think I don't think that's legal. <laughs> like I feel like if the NBA found out they were doing that, there'd be some kind of uh, punishment there. But uh, yeah, I mean, you could see something like that happening because KP, you know, he's kind of he can be kind of moody at times, and you know, instead of having that narrative out there that he got benched because he was hurting the team. It's like, oh, okay, it's injury management, sore knee. We just wanted to be safe. And then that way you cover, uh, you know, KP being basically slandered for being benched, even though he's perceived as the team's second star. Uh, so I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but I, I hope, I hope that he gets right for the playoffs. And I hope we see a little bit more intensity from him like we did in the postseason last year. And, just going to the chat here, uh, this is another Xavier, Xavier, Xavier Cobbs. He said, real question for the gang here. If KP didn't have last year's playoff performances on his resume, uh, would he not have already been traded by this past deadline? Uh, I, I mean, that, that's a fair question there, too. I mean, I think that if KP doesn't have another big playoff run this year, if he can't stay healthy and if he doesn't have like a big playoff run to where the the Mavs go on a long run, I don't know if he's going to be on the roster for opening night next year. Uh, you know that that that's something we'll save for for another pod. But you know that that that's what I'm thinking is you know if if he doesn't just explode in the postseason, uh, then I, I think they're going to try and move him because where there's smoke, there's fire. The Mavs can deny that they didn't have talks about trading KP before the deadline and everything. But I mean, just because they're tight lipped doesn't mean the teams on the other side of those trade talks are. So I, I think he could eventually be gone. Yeah. He's, he's got to do something. Yeah. He, he just has to, um, it, the leash is, is shorter than it's been, uh, at any point in his career in Dallas. And it's, I don't think that's a secret. I mean, he, if the Mavs are serious about contending, they can't keep waiting around for him to be healthy and they can't keep waiting around for him to catch a stride and be what they expect him to be. And, and I mean, this, this year's playoffs are it. That's it. Yeah. Well, and look, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll have, uh, on the next one and we'll, we'll discuss a lot of different scenarios, but, uh, Luca, he should be back for this next game against Washington and Washington will be on the second night of a back to back. Hopefully they can get another win there and then, you know, turn around and finally pay back Sacramento for just whooping them uh, multiple times this year. (laughs) It's just embarrassing them. But guys, uh, we appreciate y'all joining us, Brian, Xavier, Christian, uh, good contributions as always. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get out of here, but we appreciate y'all joining as always, and we'll have to do it again next time. So, guys, appreciate it. Y'all have a great rest of the day. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute. Let me step back for a minute.
Let me step back for a minute. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.